Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Getting ready to do the show today. Got our sales guy, Dave Elliott, in here visiting with us. We're uh, recently back in the building here, so we just keep bumping into people we hadn't seen in months. So Dave comes. I, I don't know if this is good or bad. Dave comes in. Great guy. Sales. Yeah, we, we went real mute. Like, uh-oh, what happened? I know. What did we mess up? What did we mess up? And Dave goes. I said it was Lucas's fault. 100%. We instantly just yell Lucas's name anytime somebody comes in and we're not nah. expecting it. Lucas <laughs> did it. Hey, if it, if I'm going to take blame, i got to take credit for successes as well. 100%. Well, if we have any, we'll no, 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 no. No, that is not how it works, Lucas. You take all the blame and we get all the credit when stuff goes good. I know yes. stuff goes Yes, you need to sign up for that. But the first thing he says is, yeah, I haven't seen you guys in forever. I just want to come up and say, hey, my gosh, you still look the same. It, no, I was like, man, dang, man, you, you, you lost some LBs. He's it, like, yeah, man, COVID-19, I lost 19. But then he told us we just look the same, which means no yeah. progress. <laughs> well, I don't know if that was good or bad. I, I, I'm going to take it as that was good. That means we, we look, you know, we hadn't seen it for like a year and a half, so we still look the same, so we didn't age. We didn't gain any weight. No, we look the same. So that's That's always good. Mickey, you probably look like that probably the last 10 years. Probably you may haven't changed it. I mean, oh, no, you ever talked about you weigh 167. I, I want to like, weigh 167. I was a junior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man, I, I went home. I, I graduated from college, and I worked. I had this job where I traveled for a year, and I went home and stopped this little hamburger place, and I was going to get a hamburger and a milkshake. And the lady was like, man, you put on a lot of weight. And I was like, I won't be having anything today. And oh. I just got in my truck and drove to my mom and dad's house. Well, that was I wait, after I, a year of, of college or something? No, a year of traveling after college. So I'm just like eating it wherever and, you know, not having tight extras. I went, I went home and weighed myself. I weighed 169 pounds. Oh, you picked up two pounds? I guess so. But all she could talk about, boy, you, you got big over this. I hadn't seen you in a while. You just, oh, oh what's, what happened to you? you I weighed. Yeah. A, I went home and weighed myself <laughs> 169 pounds. Well, since we're guys, how much do you actually weigh now? Like a ballpark, you know. Just guess. I mean, probably to... like 171 or two, which I shouldn't weigh that much. I, <laughs> I feel bad. You that shouldn't it, weigh that much, Lucas. What do you weigh? Because graduated we're, we're high school at 175. Size. But I used to finally tuned that leg machine. No, I'm just not a guy. In high school, though. Yes, <laughs> you were. You, no. you were going to go to college. And play ball. I, I was just going to go to college and hey, be there. Man. I was 185. I was a minion. I was. <laughs> I've never weighed more than 185 in my life. And that was when I graduated college. Now I'm like around that 160, 165 mark. See, 165 is what you weigh. Yeah, I I can't I, I can't gain weight. Like I eat like a maniac, and I, I don't work out enough. But I, I can't. No, wait, wait, you don't work out enough, or you don't work out at you all. You can say not well, at all. That's fine. There's no judgment here. I do some push-ups every now and then. Oh, some push. Oh, you. Bo Jackson? I do my like stretches in the morning. Push-ups and sit up. Oh, yeah, Herschel you, Walker. He you look that. like you're really flexible. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I can't gain weight. Like, my girlfriend hates me for it. And Are you not going to do some protein shakes and start going on this bodybuilding? Do you want to gain weight? I mean, he doesn't want it bad enough. He doesn't want it. Hello, if it's you're, good weight. I, I'd rather focus on what we got going on here than going on a run or something. I just want to say you're really... <laughs> Taking some people off because you're like, I just can't gain weight. I just I know, can't do it. And they're like, I can guy. look at a Twinkie and gain weight. <laughs> oh, man, if I, I quit eating Twinkies and honey buns at night, I probably uh, would be all right. Maybe back down to my, my playing weight, you know, about about 200. You probably had to carry about 200, though, just to have enough on you to survive, right? Just to yeah. be like. Yeah. it was. I was like 197 my rookie is second year early on. But after that, it was. 
Yeah, 200. 200, 202 was right where I needed to. 202 was right where I needed to be. Because one year I got to like the 210, and I felt like, uh-oh. I felt like this is too much muscle trying to change directions. I don't need all of this. These guys is feeling real quick. Kind of like Lucas' quickness. Could yeah. you prob- Well, you played so long, and and you're – you can look at somebody else and go, that guy's left toe hurts. Like, you, you can do that. I imagine if you and got – Like, I'm going to step on his toe to help me. 100% <laughs> you, you were sizing him up. You could probably tell either way real quick, like, I need to gain a couple or I need to lose a couple pounds. I was always uh, – after that, I was really more wanted to lean to the lighter side because everything else is emotions and you want to keep your speed and quickness. So, for a guy in the skilled position, you know, yeah, you, you go, you're still going to get run over. I mean, they're running full speed forward, and you're standing flat-footed. I mean, right. who do you think is going to win? I mean, you know, the, the object is to get them on the ground and lift for another down. Uh, so you got to have that kind of mentality. It's always funny just to see when guys are running people over and they get up and start flexing. I'm like, oh, okay, but if I shoot the other way, I would have done the exact same thing to you. Matter of fact, I might have kept running. I, you wouldn't have got my shoestring. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes it. I know you're a fan of Steve Atwater, and you've talked a lot about him over the years. That, oh, yeah. that dude, he he just was going to come try kill everybody who, oh, who yeah. roamed into his territory. Oh yeah, he changed the the path of the Nigerian nightmares whole career. Sure, <laughs> really, did. with that one hit on Monday was it Monday night? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Speaking of safeties, I just saw uh, my man. Whereas we talked about it, we mentioned it yesterday. Uh, Jamal Adams got the big deal. He's bringing the heat. Man, I didn't realize he had so many sacks. He had like. Nine sacks or something last year. Yeah. In one season. Yeah. Like, man, dang, that's a, that's really hard to do when knowing that's what you do. Do you remember, because there's a knock on everybody when they, almost everybody, maybe not the top. Well, like everybody's knocking on him because they're saying he's a box safety, but I, I don't know if you really watch him. He's more than that. Yeah. Because he's guarding the tight end. He can play too deep. Now, is that his strength? Absolutely it is. Yep, there you go. Absolutely it is. Uh, no doubt. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, he can do a lot of different things. It calls, uh, you know, offenses really to make sure they're paying attention to where for him, and that should open it up for his uh, other teammates. But he's done it uh, wherever he's at. So, yeah, I, I'm not mad that he got the big deal. I know a lot of people in the media, it'll be interesting to see how he's viewed when his career is over, though. Uh, because I, I would say our careers, not statistically, because he's he's got better stats, but our styles of play are very similar, very similar. Do you remember what the knock on him was when he? Because everybody has a knock on him. Everybody, no matter who you are, not when he like, came out of LSU. I don't remember because he went like top ten pick, didn't he? He did. I'm trying to get it called up. I think here. he was a. He might have been. No, he wasn't fifth. It might have been tenth pick. Let me see if I'm right. Am I right? Uh, I'll have to look at that. Oh. Here's his, his strengths. Six foot tall, 214 pounds. Mm-hmm. He isn't the biggest in the world, but he's cut and plays with that hitter's mentality that coaches covet. He flies downhill, yet he maintains enough control to react to a change of direction from a ball carrier. A lot of his work comes pre-snap. I know you like that because you mm-hmm. did a lot of work pre-snap. It tells yeah. you he's watching filming and he's studying things. He has a ton of, of, of pros. So here's his. Here's oh, what they list. His real, real, oh, dang, we missed it. Go ahead. Were they showing his money? No, they were showing his stats. Where they they the offenses score seven points less, they average a hundred yards less, and then they put without him what they did because he got injured last year, yeah. and it, all those numbers added up where they were giving up a hundred more yards total offense and a, a, a touchdown. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and this you know he missed multiple games because he 
He had something wrong with his shoulders. That's another thing they worry about durability with him, which all the questions the same as me. But I didn't come out as a safety. I was a corner, so they were all, you know, oh, he's, you know, tight hips. He's a step too slow. He's too short to be a safety. Okay, this, this, this is for him. Can he cover? Uh, oh yeah. Can he cover? Uh, can he? Can he cover? But I play corner, so I don't think the covering part ever really right. came out. For me. And then his speed. He ran a four, five, six. Oh, we were right about about to say at the combine. So yes, yeah, but, but then but then magically, and please, if you're listening to this, everybody runs a great thing at their pro day, right? Because I did too. Oh, he blistered at his pro day. Yeah, I ran a four four something. I you know, I, but the, at the combine, it was somewhere around the four five six. I'm like, oh no, nah, man, somebody somebody's messing with the timer. I've never run a four or five. <laughs> it's that laser timer, man. That thing is yeah. not your friend. <laughs> I said, they need to look at the field, man. I'm running by people. <laughs> he was sixth overall. Six. I knew he was the top ten. That guy was sixth overall. Yeah, he was doomed. He was going to get the money. There was no way. And then they traded for him. They had to give him money. If not, they, looked, they gave up a lot of draft capital for him. And he's a really good player. Uh, just a matter of scheme, system, and how you want to utilize him. But if you, and they use it, man, he's an impactful player on defense. Well, it, it plays in space really well. He does. And Great he, tackler. He, 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 okay, so maybe he's not the best cover guy. He does everything else so well. Yeah. He affects the game. Like the most affected game guy, like the Steelers would be down by four in the fourth quarter, and Troy Polamalu would just go rogue. Yep. And just do something crazy that he was athletic enough to go do. And sometime outside of the scheme, right? I've talked to Ryan Clark, and he said it yeah. before. And you know, you, I think Troy even talked about him a little bit uh, in his Hall of Fame speech. You know, thanks for his teammate. He, he said, uh, "You know, Ryan for sure." So here you go. This is this is that draft. Number one overall was Miles Garrett. Oh, number two, Mitch Trubisky to the Bears. Think about the Bears. That's who they took. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't I didn't agree. I watched him at North Carolina and I saw the guy start before him three years and beat him out, and he only started one year. Yeah. Oh like, no, nah, man. Come on, NFL. Solomon Thomas was fourth to the 49ers. Oh, Leonard Fournette, who's kind of become a journeyman, although he's got a Super Bowl ring. Mm -hmm. He went fourth overall to the Jags. Fourth. Leonard Fournette. I know he was a bad dude, but in the fifth overall pick, Corey Davis. New York Jet, Corey Davis, then Jamal Adams. Because I love Jamal Adams in that draft. Oh, I did too. I mean, we that's a guy that got talked about a lot around. Well, you know, here. I'm always focused on the DBs being a former DB. I wanted the Titans to trade their, almost their whole draft to get Jalen Ramsey <laughs> 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 to move up to get him. And then uh, Jamal Adams, uh, I was really, uh, you know, fascinated uh, with how, how well he did in college and that that would translate to the NFL if in the right system and scheme and utilizing right. And that's, that's what uh, the Seahawks and the Jets. And so, you know, they know what he fits in. And, hey, I, I like him. But people rip him and just all the time saying he's not worth that kind of money. Uh, what player really is worth the money that they actually get? At this point in time, I mean, when you look at the NBA money, I'm going, oh, my gosh, man. Sheesh. In making $40 million. There's making thirty. It was, it was regular God, I'm like, I've never even heard a guy. He's making 20? I've never gonna, heard of I him. I was going to say, there's dudes in the NFL, in the NBA making 15, 20 million a year yeah. that somebody could show us a picture of, and we would say, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. 
and we follow sports, and you yeah, love I'm, basketball. Yeah, I'm, I'm following. It. Yeah, I grew up in Indiana. You got to. Oh yeah, that's another thing too. With Buck talking about, he's uh like he's from he's from Indiana. He's from Evansville. Uh, Evansville. I'm, I'm gonna give a correlation to people here that would really understand. Evansville is like Memphis to Nashville. Yeah, like how it's viewed or how far away. Uh, both. <laughs> It's almost like they're not part of Indiana. <laughs> yeah, exact same thing. Yeah, I've been meaning to say this to him. Oh, so, the drive-by uh, I'm sh- yeah, yeah. Make sure he. I'm sure he's hearing this all the way in Tampa Bay. I keep forgetting to say something to him, and then man, you just reminded me. And, I, and every time I think of it, uh, we move on to something else. So, yeah. Yeah. You got that off your chest. Yeah, I wanted to. I'm like, yeah, you're not really. But, uh, nah, Indianapolis, uh, Evansville. It's like almost like a four and a half hour drive from Indy. It's a, it's a little ways. I went up there, watch this, on a recruiting visit. Purple Aces? Yeah. They don't even have football anymore. Nope. And I went on a, re- a visit. <laughs> they were Division Two at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my man Chad Honey okay. went there with my high school team. I know we got to go. Luke is going to bark yeah, at us. See, I went to a school, visit a school that doesn't even exist, and then I I went initially to a school that no longer exists. They had, you know, at least Evansville just exists. They just don't have any more football. Right, like the, the curse, man. Blake shows up. You don't have football much longer, man. Hey, but I beat the curse though. I always beat. I always beat the curse. <laughs> I I played a casino in Evansville. I played a gig at a casino there with Andy Childs, who's a fantastic oh, country really? singer. The band that played for the NFL draft downtown, with the, the singer for that band, Six Wires, Andy Childs, uh-huh. I played a gig with him. He gave Andy, if you're listening, I love you. Well, why did he let you play at the draft? No, I don't know. I'm not good enough. They're, oh, they're really good. His, no, regular, you his fake regular band. You got to fake it until you make it. I can't fake that. <laughs> that dude wouldn't give me a set list. We played four hours a night. I had no idea what was coming next. He would just start playing a song. Oh, well, well that'd be fun. That's kind of how we do our show, though. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, when we come we back. We had no idea we'd be talking about this right now. We did not, but we did it. Chris Lee from VandySports.com next. <laughs> Way to Mickey 1045 The Zone. Chris Lee from VandySports.com jumping on with us now to talk all things Vandy as fall camp rolls along. Chris, how in the world are you doing, man? Are you making it through the grind of camp okay? Yeah, it, it is a grind, but football is close, and I think that always makes us feel better, right? Oh, man. I'll, I, yes, we got high school football Friday night. That season's over in the blink of an eye. Uh, it so, really is. I mean, yeah. that, it, it, ten weeks. That it's not even cold outside hardly before that season ends. So <laughs> I always tell people if you love high school football and the band and the pageantry and the players and everything and the smell of the concession stand, I love all of it. The smell of the grass field, although you know some have turf fields now, it smells like turf. But that season's over really quickly. But uh, college football season about to get started quickly. I wanted to ask you this first of all again, Chris Lee, VandySports dot com, covering all things Vanderbilt. So we're few days into camp now, several actually. What are you hearing about Clark Lee and how the team is responding to him and his system and his assistance? Because it's always interesting when you get a new coach to hear what people say. Well, as you guys probably know, we are doing a podcast every week with Ken Seals, the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, w- without even answering that myself, all I would say is listen to how Ken talks about it and the excitement in his voice and remember that this is a team that a year ago <laughs> went 0-9 and, you know, didn't play its last game. And we've rehashed all the, the things with the misery of last year. But you can hear the excitement in his voice. You can see the enthusiasm at practice that the kids have. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. The talent, I think, is going to get in the way of a lot of things, and they're going to have some depth issues. But I think in terms of just what he has done to inspire the players and get them in as good a shape as he could get them to play the games ahead, I think he's done a phenomenal job. I mean, this was a team that was just beaten down in every sense of the word. And to go out there and watch them and watch the energy and the enthusiasm and to do those podcasts with Ken every week and just hear it in his voice, I think it's a real testament to what Clark Lee has done in a short period of time. And, Chris, it's Clark Lee's never going to say this because he doesn't believe it, but for anybody outside the program, you look at them and you thought, gosh, if they win you know, the three games maybe they're supposed to win looking at their schedule and then they're competitive in other games, just competitive. He will have had a successful year. Again, he's never going to say that, think that way or admit that, but to people outside looking in, Three wins and competitive and showing that they're building something would be huge for this bunch. Yeah, he's in a tough spot because I know that he knows his kids have already been demoralized enough. And so the question of expectations for him, I think, is a tough one, right? Because if you say we're setting the bar low, that's just telling your players, um, you know, we're we're not capable of winning a lot of games. Um, if you set it high, it puts it in an unfair spot for everybody. I think he's done a really good job, and this is not surprising. He just is so intentional in everything that he does of just being measured with his words and, uh, you know, being hard on his team when he needs to be, but also lifting kids up when he needs to. I, I think that, again, you know, so much of what goes on is talent, but there's so much between the ears, and I just have been so impressed is I've gotten to see it with my own eyes of, of how he approaches basically everything that he does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had him on, and we enjoyed talking to him, too. Uh, Chris Lee joins us from VandySports.com. Well, Chris, has he talked about, uh, I guess, uh, players getting, what was it, their numbers or, or names on the back of their, what, what, what was the deal there? Did he explain that or ever go into detail, and has that you know changed at this point? He did explain that. I thought it was a good explanation mm-hmm. because – everybody's got to have a number at some point. And what he said was kids earn them. And and when you earn them, when you're first in line, you get your pick of the number and it went on down. And and I thought he put it well. He said, you know, (laughs) sometimes the kids pick their numbers and sometimes we pick them for them, which is why you see players, you know, that are, that are wearing certain positions or at certain positions wearing numbers that you might not see them wearing. And so I, I think, and I don't, I don't know that it applies in every case, and so I don't want to, having said that, cast judgment on a player who's wearing an odd number for his position. Maybe that's what he chose. But the point he made was, yeah, everybody gets a number, and either you get to choose it yourself or we choose it for you. And I think the effort that, that everybody puts into everything, from the workouts to the performance on the field, the classroom, uh, determined when they felt that they had met the standard. Uh, and I think they went accordingly with that. And, again, some – some players picked their numbers, and, and some had them picked for them. Well, with Chris Lee with VandySports.com, I guess talk a little bit about the styles and the two coordinators and what they're, you know, they're, they're, I guess, who, 
who, uh, I guess, influenced them in their coaching reigns to get to this point as the new OC in D.C. of Vanderbilt? You know, that's a good question. I, I don't know specifically who the influencers were, but I've been pretty impressed with most of them. I don't think you can just pin Vanderbilt down to they're going to be this or that on defense um, or, or offense either, for that matter. I've seen a lot of looks from both coordinators. Um, I'll say this. I'm really impressed with what Jesse Minter's done, guys. I saw that defense at the end of the last year. I saw that defense in the spring game. I thought there's just no way he can do very much with them. And you watch them, and they're, they're winning day in most practices. And the offense never knows what's coming. I mean, they throw stunts. They throw, throw twists. They throw blitzes. They throw everything known to man at that offense, and it's had a tough time handling it. Um, you know, offensively, I think – they want to be a running first team. Clark Lee has said that. I don't know if that's in the cards for this year, given they've got some depth issues at running back, given they're having a hard time blocking. But you see a lot of things in practice. You see a lot of passing. You will see three and four wides. You'll see some power sets. So I, I think one thing that I like about both coordinators is they seem open to trying a lot of things and seeing what's worked. And I think that's a good approach, and I think that's one that Derek Mason – at times uh, could have done better in his approach rather than saying this is what we're going to be and going with it. I think both these guys are very flexible, and I think that's going to help them this year and beyond. Mm. And uh, I follow that then, Chris. Uh, we're on with Chris Lee with Vanny Sports. With what is the strength of the team, and I'm talking about position groups on offense and defense, if you want to you know, give it that at this point uh, before the season. I think right now the group that has stood out in practice on offense has got to be the receivers. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they've got a superstar or maybe even a star in there, but I think they've got seven or eight guys who can play and have done some things in practice. Defensively, it's hard to say. Um, the line has done well at times. I think they've got a couple of guys in Elijah McAllister and Alex Williams who can really get after the quarterback. You know, they're playing that star position, which is a hybrid defensive line linebacker. Uh, the linebackers perform way better than I would have thought. I just thought that that was not a very talented group. Um, we saw Ricky Wright in Saturday's scrimmage, who's playing linebacker. He might have had the best scrimmage of anybody out there on Saturday. And he's the kid that they felt that they could build a lot of their defense around. You didn't know how that would work because he played very sparingly as a true freshman a year ago. But he certainly looked the part. Um, the orgy kid, um, Anthony, uh, there's two of them. Anthony's the one who is starting, and his brother, Austin, is, is a backup. But Anthony's had a really good camp. Uh, he's given quarterbacks headaches. So I, I think, I, I don't know, I, I might even go linebacker at this point, given the way that Orgy has played and given the way that Wright has played. I never would have guessed that, but um, they've looked pretty good in camp so far. We're on with Chris Lee with VandySports.com. I just remember you mentioned Anthony Orgy, and, and he seems like a guy who could emerge as a leader on the defense, but it wasn't to deal with him, right? He had switched positions, and he was really, really light for his position last year. So is he on the same diet as, you know, Blaine and me, where he's able to gain a few LBs, like all honey buns or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what his weight is at the moment. I'd have to check on that. I, I think that is one thing with the defense. I, it's not going to be the stoutest unit. Um, you know, they move around pretty well in space, so there's that. I think speed is important in this game. But, yeah, they, they've got a lot of kids who are, are, are sort of hybrid athletes. Again, edge guys, not necessarily ends or linebackers, and, and guys that play linebacker but cover like a safety at times. So 
that, that, that's going to be interesting how they are able to mix and match at different positions uh, because some places they're not the heaviest bunch in the world. But, again, from what I've seen in practice, they've done a pretty good job of making the pieces fit together. Chris Lee, our guest, VandySports.com. Um, it seems like last year around this time, every day it would be like, this guy just opted out. And then before the end of the show, another guy would have opted out. How, how many of those people have come back, the opted out guys? And I'm not saying that out of judgment. Just curious to know how many are coming back to play again this year. Well, let me start here. All the kids who transferred out didn't do that on, on their own. I think they're looking for what they want in a culture. Um, nobody's come out and said it publicly, but I think there's a feeling that a lot of those kids last year quit on their team. Um, I don't know that that's fair in, in every case. Certainly everybody had their reasons, and some kids had health injuries. But a lot of the guys who did opt out a year ago are not back. Now, where you have the bulk of the opt-outs back or on the offensive line, uh, where you've got maybe a couple of them who are in position to start. But you saw a lot of those guys hit the transfer portal uh, and some of them I don't think landed at destinations that they might have wanted to. Now, I think the one that they lost that would have been nice to keep, that, that they wanted to keep, was Grant Miller because they were really hurting at center. I think if I could identify a position where they're struggling the most, that would be it. He's going to Baylor. I think he's going to play a lot there. I haven't kept up with it, so I don't know if he'll be at center or guard, but that's one where – Maybe they would have liked to cap, but they didn't, and that one's really showing up right now. But I think a lot of this was the staff spending an offseason trying to figure out how dedicated these guys were to what they were going to do, who fit with the culture and who didn't, and the weeding out process certainly was an interesting one. Chris Lee, Vandy Sports, our guest here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, you talked about, uh, Chris, uh, some of the guys leaving, but uh, have they used the transfer portal their advantage, or are they just not using the, the, the TP, as I call it? The, the transfer portal really is not what they're going to build around. It was a lot of what Mason built around. I think a lot of times they consider transfers somebody else's headache who didn't fit there, and you might be getting that at your place. Now, having said that, Raymond Davis, their running back, their starting running back, is a kid who transferred from Temple. Uh, certainly should be in their plans for the fall. And, and so that's the one that I can think of. But for the most part, they're not going to go very heavy on the transfer portal. They're going to try to bring kids in out of high school, develop them, redshirt some of them, and move them through like Vanderbilt typically has. So, no, I don't anticipate them going that route a whole lot. Well, one thing that everybody's excited about, uh, and I'm sure uh, Coach Lee is as well, but the players are the new unis. Yeah, uh, there are different combinations. Mickey's a big uniform guy. Well, he got like psyched it. about the new unis at Vandy. It's funny. We did a 35-minute video on <laughs> breaking down the uniforms. But, Mickey, you should go check that out. I need to, well, yeah, man, I'm going <laughs> to dial that up today. But, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think I would give them at a minimum a B plus. What I did not like. I think the Star V should be their primary helmet logo. I just think the V is boring. It doesn't give you an identity. And for a program that's searching for one, that's one thing that when you look at it, you know it's Vanderbilt. Other than that, uh, and maybe some gold lettering on, on the white uniforms, which I think is going to be hard for fans to read in, in terms of names, I thought they did a tremendous job. I'm not necessarily a Penn State minimalist 
but I certainly fall a lot further on that spectrum towards Penn State than I do Maryland. And I just think what they did was a really good combination of being interesting and classic, uh, but not too complicated. Again, fix the helmet logo, make the Star V your primary thing. I've got no complaints. I thought on the whole it was just a really good look. I guess real quick, any competition uh, battles that we need to, to know about that is coming down you know, here to the end uh, before the season starts? Yeah, I mean, I, I think center's the one that most of us are watching. Yeah. Um, you know, no, nobody's separated there. They've got, I think, three guys in the running. I'm interested to see what they do at guard. Uh, we've seen some shuffles there. Defensively, for the most part, they're set. You could see a change. Um, you know, a lot of times you're going to use five and six DBs anyway, and sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, you know, you see most of the same guys running first team, but there's some second teamers that are getting a lot of snaps uh, at, at times, and I think you'll see in the nickel and dime packages. you got a freshman or two on the defensive backfield who's made things pretty interesting. But uh, other than health, um, and, and maybe it ends. They, they have got a shot to I'm, – I'm interested to see if they put Alex Williams – and Elijah McAllister on the field at the same time. They did that a little bit the other day. They've been sharing that star position and playing the same spot. Uh, Clark Lee said this when I asked him, if you get both of those guys on the field, uh, it's got a chance to really improve your pass rush situation. So I'm interested to see if they will start playing those guys at the same time rather than having them as, say, 1A and 1B at the star spot. But, yeah, there's a few, but I think the center is the one that most people who've watched camp would tell you that's the one that we're watching the most. Going with Chris Lee with VandySports.com. Hey, I got to ask you this, Chris, because I'm sure like the live and die by recruiting folks would strangle us if we didn't. Uh, I saw they had a player decommit Alex uh, Williams, and then what the next day or just within a few hours, uh, Dorian Gates had decommitted, right, too, in a real short burst of time. Yeah, those were kids that they wanted. Um, you know, sometimes things work out at Vanderbilt for certain players, and sometimes they don't. Um, you know, there's there's a, a short list of reasons that you could cite uh, that, that you could guess pretty easily. Uh, I think that's the case certainly for one of them. The other one was kind of a unique situation. But, yeah, I, I think they wanted both those kids. But, um, you know, sometimes part of the equation is being a fit at Vanderbilt for different reasons. And, and so I think that's one of those that I think the coaching staff probably regrets that those didn't pan out, but uh, it's better to know now than February. Yeah. Um, how are things going on that front? Obviously, that's a, a couple that they've lost, but what are some of the highlights uh, so far for Coach Lee and, and Barton Simmons and the crew with recruiting? Well, I, I think the way they put it, they get the kids that they've targeted. Um, they seem to have hit this sweet spot with mid to high three-star players. Uh, I think it's tough in the SEC to really compete um, in a mid-level or higher without fours and fives, and they may get those eventually. Um, but, you know, they, they got one of the prize kids from CPA just around the corner. Uh, they've got a presence at NBA again, which hasn't been the case in a while. So, um, you know, it remains to be seen. I, I think that any time you play that game of we're higher on these kids uh, than everybody else and, and we think we can win with guys, uh, that other schools are not targeting as heavily. I'm not saying that other schools aren't targeting them, but you look around the league and you're seeing everybody else in a lot of places getting fours and fives. So I guess the point I'm making is I don't know how sustainable that is long term. Uh, you know, the thing that you have to mention, of course, 
is that they've got Barton Simmons, yeah. who in terms of talent evaluation is one of the best. If there's anybody that can do it and do this well, it's him. I know that they are strong believers in what they're doing. They love the kids they've got. Uh, it's usually going to take at Vanderbilt two, three, four years to figure out whether they are SEC caliber players. So it's going to be a long time before we can answer that question, but I know that they are very happy with what they've gotten. Well, Clark, this is uh, nothing to do with that, but uh, I'm sure you're aware with uh, Kumar Rocker in baseball and what happened with the contract and everything else. Where does he go from here? Have you heard uh, what's next for him? It, it sounds like independent ball. Um, that's where you've got the most control. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if he'd want to go to Japan or somewhere like that. I mean, that's getting in a thing to where – you know, is a club going to want you just as a one-year rental when you come right back to the States? I don't know how well that flies. The, the latest chatter I had heard was probably independent ball, and my guess is that's where he lands. Right, but no surgery? Not that I've heard. I mean, again, if there's a smoking gun on Kumar Rocker, uh, it's been pretty well hidden. Everybody I talk to is, is kind of like the rest of us, just kind of shaking their head at what happened. Chris, great stuff, man. Thank you. We'll catch up again soon, especially with the season right around the corner. Chris Lee, VandySports.com. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you, guys. Thanks, sir. Latest on Vandy right there. Lots of good stuff from Chris Lee. Uh, Clark Lee, no relation. Uh, got a challenge ahead, but it seems like he's put together a, a great crew to try to try to take it on. So we'll uh, have to see what it looks like this fall for sure. Uh, next segment coming up, Blaine needs to have his phone out. And the ringer turned on because he may be getting a call. Blaine and Mickey next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone, rocking and rolling through a hump day show. Happy Wednesday to you. Um, people weighing in on the Zone TV chat. By the way, I know so many of you got used to us not being on Zone TV. Well, we're on Zone TV, so you can hang out with us every day on Zone TV. You can see Lucas and Blaine, and if you're not careful, you might see me. Yeah. Uh, Chuck says, LOL, blowing up Evansville. <laughs> Blaine. <laughs> it was merciless on not, Evansville. It was not intentional, but it was just the facts. Um. Unfortunately, Bob for the last two days has said he's having trouble with our app. And so I've checked it and said, there's no problem. So I'll say this. If you're on the apps, like Lonzo is always in there. Cousin Mark, we were talking about the, uh, people putting in turf fields. He said nothing like the smell of an asphalt track and a plastic field to bring back those (laughs) memories. Uh, cousin Mark, maybe if one of you guys could give Bob a little instruction today, he's having trouble with sound on his own TV. He's having trouble, but we haven't heard any more reports. So, Bob, I appreciate you listening and hanging out with us on Zone TV. You know, let's uh, try to get Bob's sound worked out. It looks like he is listening on Facebook. So let's get Bob uh, some help there because it appears he's had trouble now for a couple of days in a row. Now, one thing that the Titans appear to have trouble with, and we will talk about this. We got some notes. Uh, They're practicing on the road in in Tampa against the Bucs and had a nice practice this morning. Uh, one thing that came out of it, I saw Monty Rice actually went down and was carted off the field at one point. And he was kind of coming on. Yeah. And he was, Mike Vrabel said, I want to see something from him. Then he went out and played a bunch of plays in the first preseason game. So we'll monitor that situation. So we'll certainly give you an update to start the second hour. Don't think we're not monitoring all that. We are. We are monitoring. Um, 
but the Titans continue to sign safeties. So they signed another one. They signed two last week. They signed two two days ago, I think. Then they signed another one. So Jamal Carter is the latest. He's got 28 career games that he's played, Denver and Atlanta. They already added Bradley McDougal. He's played 105 games in the 105 games is a career. Yeah. That's a nice career. This he was dude, a solid backup and started some games, multiple games, uh, as well as played in a lot of games. I mean, it's, they they have some safeties now. Some of these backup safeties better watch out of this on the roster. Yep. These guys can actually play. They they know what it takes to play in this league, and they've been biting at the bit to, you know, get back and get a shot to at least be a backup and a special team. And you know they're going to get give you all they got right now. So, yeah, they, and there's a lot of safeties out there that's kind of these – Guys that are, you know, journeymen that are NFL-level players that should be on rosters. That can also play special teams like day yeah, one yeah, that's, for you. A new CBA didn't squeeze out all those uh, mid-level, you know, unless you're going to take the minimum, the mid-level guy no longer exists. I said that was going to happen like 45 years ago. You 100% called it, and here's the thing. All these dudes have just been sitting at home. Yeah. So Bradley well, Working Mc- out, but yes. Bradley, Mc- yes, 100%, and eating better than me. Bradley McDougal, 105 games. I think he started 82 or 84. He started more than 80 games. I looked this up. Uh, Clayton Gathers has played in 56 game in his career. That's the two they've signed this week yeah, before Jamal he was Carter. With the Colts. I remember with the Colts. Yeah. yeah. I think he's related to the the Gathers that used to oh, play those Gathers. The, yeah, the Falcons. Uh, jumpy Gathers. Maybe. Well, I heard a story about that dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they could see you now. <laughs> I, I was reading. There's a great story Sports Illustrated did about in 1989, the Falcons had three players die during the season. Oh, really? And a guy was talking about it, uh, and there was a story about Jumpy Gathers that he like came walking down the hallway smoking a cigar before a preseason game, and they were like trying to get pumped up. He's like, what are y'all doing? They said he grabbed two dumbbells that were well over 100 pounds each and was just laying on the bench smoking a cigar just pushing those things up like like you and I would get a drink of water. Yeah. They, he said he had grown a man's strength. Oh. Jumpy Gathers. So he, yeah. yeah, the family name Gathers in the NFL has been around a long yeah. time. Yeah, I caught the tail end of that, all of those kind of players. That last year the guys was like that. <laughs> like like a guy smoking in a locker room, you told yeah. me. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm looking around like this is this is not normal. Ronnie Lott told the story. Fred Dean went in the Hall of Fame, I guess, two years ago because nobody went in last year. Fred Dean, pass rushing, just an old G pass rusher, big hands. 74, yeah. And he said the 49ers acquired him. He said Fred Dean came in the locker room, like sat down, took out a pack of cigarettes and started smoking, you know, like sitting in his locker having a smoke. And Ronnie Lott said, I was looking at this guy like he was from another planet. And he said then game action started and he just started killing people. And he's like, I couldn't believe anybody was smoking in the locker room. I guess they'd kind of run a tight ship. Because people, you joined the NFL in the 90s, and there was a guy smoking in the locker room. Yeah, that was the last one, too. Yeah. He was the smoking. only one, too. Yes. And uh, Ronnie said, man, I looked at him like, oh, he is from another planet. Somebody's like, hey, man, don't look at him. You let Leave him do alone. what he does. Leave mm-hmm. him alone. Fred yeah. Dean, he said, boy, Fred made it. Fred helped that dynasty win a couple of them. Yeah, actually, I think I think Eugene Seal got released that year. <laughs> he was the guy who was smoking. He was ex-military. Yeah, yeah. He he played in Canada, I think, and then you know he was a demon on special teams. Yeah. Oh, the offensive lineman hated him because he was really like a linebacker height, but he had the weight of a D lineman. Yeah. And so, and he had the the engine of a you know a motor like you know a DB. I mean, he did not stop. And they used to be wee. 
Oh, Bruce, and, and uh, yeah, even Munchak be getting after him. <laughs> after Eugene Sears. Like, Eugene, man, just you need to chill out, man. This guy's <laughs> upset, man, because I'm thinking I'm going to get the repercussions of it in this 46, uh, uh, man. Like, 100%. Coming down late, I'm like, I don't want no parts of that. Hey, so, Eugene's trying to make the team one more year. Yeah, okay, I'm going to hit everything that moves. That's yeah, how Eugene did. sticks around. But uh, Jamal Carter added Bradley McDougal, Clayton Gathers. They added two more last week. Mathi- Matthias Farley is not practicing right now. Didn't practice today. Oh, man, he's a good player, too. Got back up. And it ain't Crookshank, right? Crook- I haven't seen Crookshank in a minute. Man. He didn't practice either. So Blaine better Bishop- watch out. Blaine Bishop is the next safety to call. <laughs> How many plays have you That's got what in you? you talking about my phone? Yes, you no. leave the phone out no. on the countertop no. and leave the ringer on. Yeah, the, the Titans won't call my phone because they know if they call, I probably wouldn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's your chance, man. How many plays have you got in you? Absolutely zero at this point. I got, always say I got one, but I, I don't think I have one now. After, after this you're out of sitting, one now. Yeah, I think I'm out, I'm out on one, man. It's going to take too long to get the extra 10 pounds I put on for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we could say it's all went out to the muscles, no, nah, man, that, that, that didn't slow me down even further. You would get out there, your instinct would take over. No, nah, no, nah, best instinct I got is telling somebody what to do. <laughs> not answering the phone, that's your best instinct. <laughs> I can tell one of those safeties what to do. Hey, man, you're supposed to do this. When they do that, you do this, okay? That, that. About the best I can do right now. Well, if I was a safety, I'd, I'd be getting coached up by the hitman right now. Already, you already are my coach. I know all kinds of stuff because what you and Kevin Dyson yeah. tell me. I'm out in practice saying, "You got to make the guy run around you. <laughs> you got to use." I, I'm out there like yelling stuff <laughs> to myself that nobody's yeah. listening. Things that you say, so you, you're coaching yeah. me up. Yeah, well, we got Coach Mac, and then we got you know we got we got Buck who's uh, at the at the practice. I know in Tampa hey. Bay, I man. Know. So I mean, he was giving. A, I felt like I was there. Listen to his show, all the the tweets and everything else, and the you know practice. Everything seems like it, uh, you know, went you know per- fairly decent, considering you're playing the the champs who have everybody back. So they're trying to go for two. Oh, Tom Brady, man, that guy's a hot mess. He's a stinker. You got to watch him, man. He he gets everybody to come back, and you want to get a ring and. Come on, man, we're going this run. You'll make up the money you want if you sign with us by going on the playoff run. Nothing like it. Man, he, man he, he sucks them all in. <laughs> he gets them. And everybody knows, hey, man, I got shot out of the ring. Tom Brady's here. I know. Oh, anybody's going to answer the phone. I see Tom Brady. A, a Fournette. You in a ring now, you want to get paid, man. What happened? Right. Well, nope, I got I'm good. Back. I'm coming back. Right. I got good. Yeah. This is Tom Brady. Yeah. Gronk probably going to be in better shape this time. He will not be having fake T-shirts on. <laughs> he will be in shape. Oh, no, we had time. our guy Rick on Stroud covering the Bucks yesterday. He said, no, he's out there at. He's yeah, doing he's, it this year. Yeah, he's Came right. Sick, he said man. Tom Brady was like, Gronk, come back the other year. Yes, sir. All right. We'll tell you everything we know about practice in Tampa from earlier today. That's next. It is Blaine and Mickey. It's the hump day version of the show.